I'm Jennifer. And I'm Randall Lynn. And we're people. Talking about people. Hi, Jen. Hi, Randall Lynn. I am excited. Uh, we were just talking about things that we wanted to cover. And we have, you know, a topic bank that we kind of pull from regularly. But last week we looked at it. Nothing felt super exciting to us. There are topics that we think are important, but there are also topics that are either need a little more prep work or can be maybe a little more heavy. So we were just kind of looking for something new and exciting and maybe a little more lighthearted that we could talk about. Um, and I'm on my way home from the chiropractors today. I, I had an epiphany, I had my light bulb moment. I have been reading. I'm in a big reading phase right now. So I've blown through about four books in the past two weeks. Sometimes I'm like on a hot streak and sometimes I'm not. But one of the books that I'm currently reading about to finish here in the next day or so is Chip Gaines' new book. I was just telling Jen, I think the title is No Pain, No Gains. But he's written, they've written so many books. I don't, I don't know which one it is in the order. It's his most recent book. It came out last year. Um, it's about building a network. And in the book, what I can really appreciate about it is that he redefines the idea of networking. It's not something that he believes should be transactional. It's something he places a really high relational value on. And it's something that he has invested most of his life towards developing really deep, authentic, vulnerable relationships with the people that he encounters and developing a lot of trust with the people that he includes in his network. One of the things that I know I personally love doing and that I think Jen is really good at doing is removing the transactional atmosphere from the concept of networking. So I've been reading this book. It's been super top of mind for me. I thought it would be really interesting for Jen and I to share some ideas on the things that we do to kind of make networking relational, the questions that we ask or, you know, the actions that we pursue to kind of brush away all of the like formal LinkedIn connection kind of networking and just get to the heart of getting to know the people that we are interacting with and the people that we we love and we want to include in our lives. Oh, poor Randallin's coughing right now. Sorry. <laughs> she, I, she did mute it though. <laughs> I've been like, I just gave Jen that whole spiel and then Jen was like, I love it. Let's do it. Cue it up. And so I gave the whole spiel again and I never once stopped to think I'm going to need, like my throat's going to get dry. I'm going to need a drink of water before I pursue <laughs> this conversation. I just like, I got so excited and I jumped right in. And as I was talking, I was like, wrap it up. You're going to cough, wrap it up. You're going to cough, wrap it up. You're going to cough. <laughs> Hashtag real life right here. I tell you, <laughs> it happens. It happens. It does happen. Well, I think that was just a, the perfect cue up. And I do think this is a really exciting, fun conversation. I think networking is something I know for me, it comes up a lot with even clients um, and other coaches that I talk to because there's so many positive aspects to networking. I think for the most part, everyone understands why we should be doing it and the value that it brings. 
But here we are in this pandemic world, and I would argue it's even more valuable now than it has been, you know, in the past. And not only that, so many of us. Yes, I'm going to I'm going to jump in. Not only is it more valuable, but I think it's more accessible because we're not so limited to the people that we're immediately around like the Internet has always been a really big resource since it was invented. But now more than ever, it's a resource that we're really leveraging in place of just utilizing as we see fit. Like the internet is what connects us currently. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, we, it's no longer like, Oh, I have to go to this event that's located here and it's the only opportunity I have to network. No, now those events are online and, you know, fill in the blank. So you're right. It is way more accessible And, you know, it's funny, I was talking to someone, I can't remember who it was, but I was talking to someone last week about how so many of us who are extroverted, like I am an extrovert person, so many of us who are extroverted have started to lose some of that extroversion and fall a little bit more introverted when we've been in these spaces where we're sort of stuck in our home and we're only on Zoom. And so there's something to be said too about networking is really healthy for us right now, as far as kind of breaking out of a little bit of a shell, getting out of a monotonous routine, feeling connected to people when we haven't felt that way in a while. So there's a lot of really, really positive benefits beyond just like, hi, I'm looking for a new job or something along those lines. So way more accessible, super valuable right now. Um, and I'm excited to to talk about some of the creative and unique and different ways that you can network with people outside of, to your point, just going to LinkedIn and sending someone like a cold message or something along those lines. So let's dive right into this. So Randolyn, I want to ask you, is there I, anything else that you want to add kind of before <laughs> we get started with the tactical stuff? No, I don't think so. I want to just circle back to something you just said about the uh, this idea of networking being more than just like hey i'm looking for a job or like do you know anybody i can you know send my resume to or can you give my resume to someone we in the past year year and a half now almost have lived in our own bubbles and i think a lot of people have really struggled with this isolation that they feel i was also listening to a podcast this morning that was talking about serotonin and oxytocin. Is that how you say that one? I always, every, it's just like a big word that I'm always like, ah, I'm going to sound like an idiot if I don't say it right, but I'm going to like go for it anyway. Um, <laughs> but anyway, they were talking about how we as humans are like, are wired to need connection with people and we are wired to create like bonding experiences more so than just like living out on our own. Like we have to bond with something and our innate desire is to do that with the people around us. Um, And so as I'm thinking about, you know, this concept of networking and the, just like the state of the world right now, because so many people are looking for jobs and so many companies are hiring, like there is a really immense amount of pressure to just, show up and be like, I need a job. What can you do for me? But I think the heart of what makes really great connectors is that they're less concerned about what someone can do for me and more concerned about 
how I can support them. Like, it's not a story. They're not the main character of their story. They're a supporting character. They're, they're the helper. They're the guide. They're the whatever they need to be. But they're not the hero. And I don't know. I mean, it's, it's really challenging to kind of break out of the mindset of like, this is my life. So I need to be the, the person who gets all the glory. I need to be the person who does all the things. I need to be the star of the show. But I think there's something really, really precious about the people who have been able to step kind of outside of that box and say, like, I care more about the way that I'm showing up in other people's lives than what they can do for me. So I think that's extremely important what you just said. And this would kind of start for me and almost like kick off one of my number one tips when it comes to networking is spot on with what you were just talking about, which is this is not the type of thing that you just sort of wait until the moment when you need it and you go do it. It's an everyday ongoing type of deal. It's about building long-term relationships that you can utilize or reflect on or whatever over time, not a simple, oh, to go back to our example, I need a job, therefore I'm reaching out to people right now for the span of three months. So if networking is not a part of something that you routinely and regularly do, I would encourage you to fold it into your long-term process. I cannot tell you how many stories I have from people who they'll say something like, oh, um, it was so great. I, I talked to a friend again the other day and they just happened to mention that um, this, this company is hiring and that I should send in my resume. Well, what they glance over when they share that example is that friend is some former coworker from a job five years ago that they've just happened to stay in touch with and talk to every three to six months. You know, so they're using the term friend to simplify the conversation when they're summarizing it. But if we were to stop and dissect it, what they meant was someone in my network who I've stayed in contact with and been networking with over time thought of me not because I've given them my resume and told them I'm going to need something from them in the future, but because they know what I have to bring. I've provided value to them and I've demonstrated to them that there's something that I bring to the table that when the time was right, they were able to say, oh yeah, Randallin is great at that. Here, you should talk to Randallin. So it's this long game. It's this long game that's a combination of building, fostering, maintaining, developing relationships over time. But to your point, Randallin, of how can I serve you? What can I do for you? It doesn't mean they're not going to ask you questions about your skill set. Of course they are. It's going to come up in conversation because most likely that person is showing up the same way. They're probably showing up as how can I serve you? Just like how you and I get together and have these conversations once a week. We're not doing it independently, selfishly, we're coming up to this conversation. How can I serve the other? How can we be in support of others? And then in the process, I learn from you, you learn from me, new things happen. It's super exciting. It's the same idea, right? So as long as you're showing up with that, being in service of someone else, helping to maximize someone else's experience, add value to their life in that long game, long relationship, long thought process, that's what networking is. And that's where you're going to get the value out of it. So I just took a little bit of a tangent there, but <laughs> it was so connected to what you were saying. <laughs> no, Jen, and I love it. And I, I might take us even like further into a tangent here. So a couple years ago, I had to read um, 
this book called The Last Safe Investment. And it's written by two guys. They share a first name, Michael, and their last names are different. I can't remember either of their last names right now. Um, but if you if you Google it, I'm sure you could find it. They're both named Michael. Very interesting, very insightful. And one of the things that they talk about building for yourself is this tribe of people who are going to support you. And they talk about it in this like long term fashion. Like it's not something that you're kind of constantly recycling or replenishing. Like if you're, if you're building a tribe, it's something that your, your main purpose in is growing. It's not about, like, it's not a seasonal thing. Like there will be people who will come and go, but the theme of, of this tribe of creating this network is that you want it to consistently be getting bigger instead of being this like high and low where for three months you talk to people because you need a job and then you get a job. So you don't talk to anybody again for two years until you need another job or you need a reference or you need a testimonial or whatever. It's this kind of like ongoing, as Jen was saying, this ongoing dedication to getting to know people building trust, being vulnerable, you know, being honest with each other and having real empathetic conversations about the easy things and the hard things and giving advice and giving logic and wisdom and discernment to each other. And one of the things that I've really enjoyed about Chip's book that I've been reading, there's so much background noise today. I'm so sorry. Um, I'm just going to let it all pass. There we go. Uh, one of the things that I've really enjoyed about Chip's book is that he talks specifically about building a network with people who aren't all yes men. So he kind of tells the story of how he came to writing this book that I'm, I'm currently reading. And he's like, when I first, it's like when I first, uh, thought about this idea and I proposed it to you know his wife and to some of his close friends they were like yeah that sounds great and then they took it to the the publishers that he's worked with before and they were like no there's 700 books on networking like what are you going to say that's different and it made him really kind of refine the idea and and think about it critically and be able to come back with something that's so much more powerful because he didn't just have people who said yes 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 he had somebody that said pump the brakes, buddy. Let's think about this a little bit more. And I think that's something that we oftentimes neglect. Like it's, it's our innate desire to, to be with people who agree with us, to not challenge us, people who we feel like we can just get along with really easily. But I think the, the salt of life is, is the challenge. It is having somebody raise an opinion that you've never thought about or tell you a story that you've never considered and share with you a perspective that you don't have. It's understanding that we all live radically different lives and the best way to experience as many of those as possible is to be open to exploring things that are different than what you have. Uh, and I think that's the point of building a network is so that you can have a really broad understanding of the person of the stories that are happening in America and in the world and across the country as a whole. Like I wouldn't know what's happening in Texas on a, on an innately like personal level, but I do because I talk with Jen every week and Jen lives in Texas. So Jen can tell me her experiences of what's happening right now. Um, 
same with like what's going on in Chicago. Like I don't live there anymore. I don't know what's going on until I talk to my friends who are there who can tell me their personal accounts of what's happening and the way that they're feeling and the, and the way that the city's reacting to things. So I think it's so important to build a diverse network that you talk to all the time because it gives you such a deeper understanding of the world around you beyond like the world that you immediately live in. I love that. I think that's a great perspective. And it's funny when you were talking about that too, I was just thinking, um, maybe that's why my husband and I get along so well is because he is so not a yes man. <laughs> He's like, no, poo poos every idea I have, but it probably makes me more creative. And so it's just, that was funny. It was like a new perspective for me that had nothing to do really with networking specifically, but I loved it. But I think that's really, I think that's a really great point. Um, and I love this idea of the building of a tribe. Who's in your tribe? Why are they in there? What value are they bringing? Are they, are they yesing you? Are they challenging you? What are those different kind of things that could come up with that? I wanted to give a random example that kind of popped in my head when you first brought up this topic too. Um, a gal that I used to work with, um, Boeing. So it's been, gosh, I mean, six, six plus years since I've worked with her. I actually have not spoken with her outside of just like a couple little chit chats on LinkedIn um, in those six years. And I thought um, it was kind of like one of those where I just sort of looked at, okay, where is she working now? What is she doing? This could be interesting. This could be a good connection for me. This is not, a, I go back to, this is not a get me a new job, get me a new client type connection. It's, oh, that's just interesting. I don't know where that could lead or what that means, but it's intriguing. Like there could be something there, right? So I just reached out to her and was like, hey, it's been, gosh, you know, six years since we've chatted. Would you like to just kind of have like a coffee chat and, and catch up? And we did that. It was fabulous. We got on the phone. We chatted for 30 minutes. I just sort of asked her a lot of questions around those genuinely curious questions. You know, what are you up to? What have you been up to? What's going on in your personal life? What's going on in your work life? What's been challenging you? Just things that I found to be interesting and intriguing. Conversely, she did the same thing for me. We didn't have this huge vision of what can we maybe even give each other? It was more of that kind of initial catch up, right? Because we just hadn't talked in forever. But what I found interesting about this example was at the end of the conversation, she said to me, um, oh, I just assumed you were going to like try and sell me on coaching because this is my business and this is what I do. And I just laughed. I was like, well, that no, that's not why we're, <laughs> that's not at all why I reached out to you. Um, I just... I just wanted to catch up and I wanted to get to know you better. And I thought we could meet more frequently because it's been so long since we've chatted and see what value we could bring to each other. And it was just so funny because she was just so adamant that she thought that was that I was going to be selling her. Um, and not only that, by the end of the conversation, she specifically said, well, I'm, I'm kind of curious on the coaching thing. Can you send me more information? And I had done and said literally nothing about it. It was not intended to be a sales call or any of that. But I point that out because you just never know what value someone else needs from you. You never know what value you're going to bring to the conversation. You don't know what their expectation is on the other end. So what are those things that you need to do prior to those conversations to make it clear, hey, this is what I want to get out of it, or hey, let's chat about the following, or here's how I can support you, or whatever you need to do to make it so that you feel good going in, and hopefully they feel good going in as well, and you get to that point at the end where it just feels like a really good outcome for both of you, even when it is very flexible and casual, and it's just coffee even, you know, um, so that's kind of one of my weird random examples from the last last week. 
No, I love that. And I think that's a really, that to me, like might be an out of the blue story for you, but I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about like, that is what my, my networking experience as a whole has been. And I'm so thankful for that, that I have only been able to experience this super friendship based, maybe is the best way to say it, like model of networking where people just want to get to know people. Like they want to make friends. They want to know that like, if I'm in Chicago, I can call up somebody and be like, hey, is it okay if I crash on your couch for a night? Like, that's what people want to be able to do. They want to be able to to have, you know, like a safety net they can, they can fall into if something wild happens. And that's, I think, what I love most about this shift that's happening in networking. I see it moving a little bit more slowly, especially now, just because so many people are looking for jobs. But that's I think what the heart of it is becoming this idea of like knowing knowing people who really care about you is now becoming more important than just like knowing the most amount of people that is a, a very good summary I like that I like that a lot um you know a couple other sort of thoughts pop to mind, especially kind of to your point, the way you and I think about networking might be very different from the way a lot of other people think about networking. Um, so let's share like a couple of these sort of other almost like tactically type things or different things that you and I do. Again, no right or wrong answer. It's just what are some of the things that we do that someone listening might, you know, get value from. So one thing that I just want to say real quick is when I am attending, let's say some sort of like online event, it doesn't even have to be a networking event. It could be a webinar or just whatever. Um, are there opportunities in as simple and weird as it sounds in the chat to connect with other people? Those connections could be things like connect with me on LinkedIn here and putting your LinkedIn in and then watching to see who connects and do they send you a message or if not, they just send you a note and you could say, oh, hey, were you on that event too? Boom, like you've just connected with someone off of some other random event, even though you weren't handing them a business card or shaking their hand, you know, in that face-to-face thing. So don't be afraid to just sort of put yourself out there and through these sort of chats <laughs> in events or meetings or whatever, just sort of chatting with people like, hey, does anyone want to have coffee this week? Like, because to me, um, to your point, I want to create these genuine connections but I want to be starting new ones and creating new ones sort of regularly. I don't want it to, to get to that point where I feel like all of a sudden, oh, I'm only talking to the same six people. So if I put myself out there enough, eventually someone will bite. Not everyone will because not everyone feels the same way and not everyone is interested in doing that. But what are some of those sort of unique ways, Facebook groups, Zoom events, you know, I don't even know, whatever, fill in the blank, where you can just say like, hey, want to grab a coffee or hey, want to connect. And that connection could be LinkedIn because it's simple, could be some other social media platform, something along those lines. But to me, that's sort of important. And I sort of challenge myself to just sort of drop that hint every so often. And if I feel like I'm getting stale, then I put a number to it like, okay, one new connection this week, you know, something along those lines. But that's my little kind of reminder and teaser for myself. I love that, Jen. I 
I'm a big believer in if you know cool people, you'll very quickly know more cool people because cool people know cool people. Um, so I, I do a lot and I invest a lot of time and energy into staying connected with the people who are most interesting to me, not because I think, not because I'm expecting them to introduce me to cool people, but because I know I value connection and relationships. And if I'm connecting with people who also value that, it's just really, it's a natural fit for me to be like, hey, you should meet so-and-so because you both love this. And they're doing the same thing for me. Like it's, it's, it's part of our desire to want to build relationships with people who get along and, and who have similar values and, and all those great things. So one of the things that I do to kind of pour into the cool people that I really know is I hand write Christmas cards every year. Um, it is starting to become a little challenging because, because I have a lot. I think mean, my list has grown over the past couple of years of people that I'm now sending handwritten Christmas cards to. Like I should honestly it's May, I should start writing Christmas cards. Um, like it, it, my hand is just perpetually cramped in November and December from writing Christmas cards. But it's something that I wouldn't trade for the world because I mean, my mom still has Christmas cards hanging at her house. Like if, if you send truly authentic Christmas cards, like those are things that people don't just brush off. They're things that people remember and things that people appreciate, that they value, that they think of often. Um, so one of the things that I have started doing and I'm super excited to like hopefully do a little bit more and hopefully it will be less work than Christmas cards um, is putting just like some thoughts that I am currently valuing or toying with or exploring um into just like a super cute postcard format and sending that out a couple times throughout the year so it'll be a little less personal because it won't be handwritten um but there there's something that I think is going to allow me to continue to invest in those relationships in a way that's super unique because people don't get fun mail like it is exciting to get something that's tangible and it's super exciting to get it in a place where all you get is bills and packages that you've ordered. Um, so when you can show up in a way that is a little bit unexpected, uh, I think that is kind of like the heart of what I try to do or like bringing people dinner just because or like dropping off, you know, a baked good because I was just in the area, like whatever, I really try to be intentional about finding things that are outside of the ordinary that are going to, to really show someone that I'm, I care about them, that I'm thinking about them, that I want to be you know involved and invested in their life. I think that's a great example. The, um, the handwritten thing is super special. Thank you cards, Christmas cards, letters, fill in the blank, whatever it is. And to your point, it doesn't have to look and feel exactly like that. So you're going to do this postcard thing because you're transitioning and there's more people on your list and less time and all this kind of stuff, right? Uh, but I, what I think is important about that is these are just examples. You know, we always just share examples to get people thinking. But be thinking about that. What is that, what is that version of that for you? What is the handwritten 
Christmas card for you? Like, what does that look like for you? What would feel good? Is it calling someone? Is it pinging someone um, with an email that's just super personalized? Like it can be whatever feels good for you. It doesn't have to be exactly, because I know some people are probably like going, oh my gosh, that's like stressing me out just hearing about that Um, because we don't have time or it's just not something we're interested in. Uh, We can carve out all the time in the world to accomplish a task, but if it's not something we're interested in and we don't create a habit out of it and do it long-term, it's not going to add any value anyways. So what's a way that's going to get you excited? So if you're someone who likes people and likes to connect, you can think about those creative things. But if you really struggle with that, this is where it can be a challenge and we could probably offer some sort of insights and thoughts around that too. One, this is something my friend does that is not at all appealing to me, but is an idea that some people would really enjoy probably. Um, she, She works in sales and she, her funnel is primarily driven by like using video in sales. So she makes a lot of Loom videos. She makes a lot of bonjouros. Like she just very naturally does a lot with video for work. So for her, the easiest way to reach out to me and let me know that she's thinking about me or something else is to just every day or every other day when she's making all these videos, make one that's for somebody in her network. And instead of it being sales related, it's just like, Hey, how are you? Instagram says you're doing this. I'd love to hear more about that. Like, do you have time to chat? And every time I see a text from her pop up in a long time, I know it's a video. I know she, like, I can see her excitement when she's asking me these questions about what's going on in my life and when she's telling me like, Hey, I'm free this weekend. If you have time for like a virtual coffee or like, if not, just like, let me know. And it is something that I never would have thought to do, but she makes them so authentically. They're literally less than a minute long. And it's something that makes me feel like a million bucks when I get it because I'm like oh my gosh this person like went out of their way to make a video for me when in reality like that's what she does for her job like it's not hard for her to do that but it is so special to the receiver because it's so different that's so perfect and it's a great example of really leaning into your strengths and doing something that feels really good for you love that example love that example If you are one of those individuals who are extremely introverted, hate this idea of networking, this is where I would say tap into that. What would be a way for you to say hello and connect with someone in a way that feels good? And here's the other thing. It doesn't have to be, you know, we go back to like the format. Let's say you say, okay, I'm going to do emails. Well, if you're a bullet point person, Write some bullet points. I mean, the people on the other end get it. They know you. You have a relationship. They're probably expecting something like that from you. Like, it's okay. Like, do what feels good. If it doesn't feel really super good to come up with some super long story or or share something personal, then don't. Share a fact that's going on in the world. Share um, someone else's story that you thought was funny or entertaining. You know, it, you can really get creative with how you connect and why you connect and where you connect, you know, the who, what, where, when, how, why, all of that. Like you can get very creative with all of that. And, and what I would say is if, I mean, we haven't given like a million ideas, right? Because we want people to just kind of think about it on their own or do what resonates for them. But if you're really stuck, lean into your network connections that you do have to ask them, like, 
what do they appreciate when other people reach out to them? Use those power of those questions to learn about what those people in your network would need or want. How can I support you? What can I do for you? Um, When other people reach out to you, what is a great way to connect or what's given you, what's made you smile when someone sent you one of those handwritten letters or something else, you know, do you have relationships with these people? Then you can ask them those questions and just see what comes of it. You might get 15 different answers from 15 different people, but it might give you an idea of something to do on your own. I, Jen, I love that so much. And it kind of took my brain in this weird little journey. And I'm sure you saw me laughing at myself and Sometimes I hate the way my brain works, but this is one of those days where I'm just like so happy to live in my own head. Um, there is, I don't know if you've ever watched New Girl, Jen, but there is. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, yes. Who has uh, Okay. Right? <laughs> well, okay. Yes. Um, but I just keep thinking about the scene, like the episode and the scene where Schmidt gives Nick a cookie and he's like, I don't understand why you bought me this cookie. And Schmidt's like, I bought it for you because I saw it and I thought of you. Like, I don't understand why this concept is so hard for you to understand that. Like, I just, (laughs) I saw a cookie and I know you like cookies. So I bought you a cookie. And I think sometimes we get so like in our head and we're overanalyzing of these things, but it is networking can be so easy. It can be so simple. Like I've taken to sending Jen memes that I know she'll find absolutely hysterical and I it's not because I expect a response but it's just like I saw this and I know it's something that you'll enjoy so I want to share that with you like it doesn't have to be this like overly thought out email even like Jen and I will just send each other podcasts that we listen to or memes or you know, just like one cent, like screen, like um, photos of books and like things like that, that we know the other is going to enjoy. And that I feel like sometimes can be even more impactful because it's obviously less formal. It's just like a very authentic way to say like, oh, I think about you often. And here's like, here's why, or here's like a conversation that we had. And this is what relates, like what I took from that. And so I'm going to continue to share that with you. I don't think networking even has to be like a formal email or a formal coffee date or something like those things are great don't get me wrong like I have standing monthly catch-up lunches with the people that I that I care about that I'm not able to see all the time Um, but I don't think it has to be that formalized. Agreed and I think the thing that I want to sort of throw on to the end of this is what you were alluding to in the very beginning when you were kind of talking about you and I being connectors and all of this, probably the thing that I personally, and I would say my guess is it's the same for you that I get the most sort of excitement and joy out of is when I am able to connect someone in my network to someone else in my network. Um, I don't know where it's going to go always. Right. But it's sort of like, Oh, you know, you should really talk to so-and-so because they're in that same industry as you, or you should talk to so-and-so because they accomplished that same task, or they just did what you're trying to do. Or they told me about this funny book and the way they queued it up, it just makes me think the two of you would be just great for each other. Or, oh, I know somebody who has a business that does the work that you need. Let me connect you with them. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to ever go anywhere, but you just never know. So, I love that aspect of being able to connect people in my network to other people in my network, or maybe someone I just met 
who's not even in my network, but I can connect them to someone who is in my network, who I value and I know will respond and reply and support them or help them grow or whatever, fill in the blank. So that connection piece to me is almost even more valuable out of the networking space because people reciprocate that. They, they thank you for that. They're grateful for that. Oh, the, remember the time you connected me with so-and-so? I need to connect you with so-and-so. And they reciprocate that. And next thing you know, my network is growing by way of just connecting people. And to your point, not by having some formal monthly meeting or not by some email that I felt obligated to write, but just by connecting people. Simple as that. I missed the unmute button. <laughs> No, Jen, I love that. And I think that's the perfect way to kind of wrap up today's session on unconventional networking is maybe what I would call this topic because, yeah, I think networking will will get you results kind of no matter what way you do it. But I think the long-term gain of being really intentional with that process versus being sporadic and maybe like reward oriented um it kind of lands you in two different places you know if if you're very reward oriented you get what you want in the moment but if you're relationally oriented and and not really about the tasks in 20 years you can look back and you know, see what you've built. You have, you know, a legacy of people that you've invested in that are going to do whatever they can for you because they know you and they love you and they trust you. And you kind of create this sense of dependability in the world around you. So do with that information what you will. Jen and I will be back here next week to talk about who knows what, maybe something interesting, maybe not. Maybe we should just talk, Jen, we should do an episode on like our favorite new girl episodes and she should just be us talking about our favorite new girl episodes. That would be pretty fun. That would be pretty fun. I'm not going to poo-poo that idea. I think that could be fun. (laughs) I need a new no man because Jen's become a yes man. I know, right? (laughs) If you're listening to this and you're ready to tell me no for all of my crazy ideas, um, shoot me an email. We accept that feedback. We, Apparently, we, we receive it well. <laughs> my network is in need of somebody else to say no to me. Um, <laughs> there's a vacancy I'm hiring. Uh, <laughs> oh, but we thank you all so much for listening. We will see you back here next time. And we hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. This episode of People Talking People was produced and edited by Jermaine McCullen, a.k.a. the Afrocentric Jukebox.